0: This is for the nerds. This is for the brainiacs. This is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back. No know. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sulphur for Vlogcast. This is episode number 35. We're almost two years into this thing, Chin. We're about like 15, 16 episodes away from being two full years.
1: Season two, episode number 35. That's right. You, you, people forget about that part, you know? Uh, yeah, we're nearing a hundred. Dude. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. We're about to hit season three soon. The sponsorships are calling. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, i field, fielding the offers. I put Google on pause for a second. Cause they were like, they were, they were kind of lowballing us. I I was all was like, chill out, bro. Like we, we, this is a real podcast. It's the realest podcast in the game right now. That's fascinating. So I, Cause
0: I actually thought that you were in the lobby of the Google headquarters right now.
1: They gave me a little. They gave me a little piece to negotiate on the side, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been talking. But I cleared everybody out for this show, and uh, I, I'm expecting a really good show. If you guys haven't subscribed, hit us a subscribe. We just crossed thirty thousand, something insane. Like I can't believe thirty thousand people are like, oh yeah, let's hear Chin every now and then. It's like, whoa, like, going to be like
0: going to be three hundred soon after uh, our big announcement today. All the sponsors are going to be rolling in. As we've teased in the title, we have a new member to the solve for Y team that we are going to introduce to you all shortly uh it's going to be very little surprise to those of you who follow us closely but maybe we can uh give everyone else a little bit of a tickle if if uh you're in the dark still (laughs) i was waiting i was waiting for chin to give his thoughts and he just hit me with a (sighs) i
1: mean i don't know i mean
0: i've never you had know. you i've never had you speechless before man I, I i mean i know
1: it's a big deal but like chill out you're still the og of this thing i don't know man i just went from like the google podcast to like now we have a new member is he in on the google deal too like i, I don't know i gotta see i gotta renegotiate my contracts with with google now i mean mm-hmm. i'm gonna tell him like listen our race just went up you know shit's shit's a little bit crazy but it's been a wild it's been a wild week man How, how's it going for you you know how it's going. We've talked about this. Today was... Uh, the pre- pre-production <laughs> told me to ask you. So.
0: Today was not great. Uh, it, it's, it's been an up and down last couple weeks. I went on like a 100k upswing on this 25-50 uh, game I've been playing. Yesterday, I got stuck 50, ended up making 7 by the time the game was all over. And today, I got stuck 65 and had to quit as we got... That's, that's why we're late. I had to get in my last <laughs> orbit. We were 50k effective and the other guy was drunk. Like I just I couldn't walk, man, I couldn't walk, so I ended up recovering a little bit. I lost like twenty nine today uh for like a net gain of I don't know like fifty ish or forty ish when it's all said and done um yeah, it's been topsy turvy, and a lot a lot what? of moving parts in the business i've been I've been working too topsy turvy turvy i you know what I can't even back that one up, I just know it's a thing, I don't know where it originates from uh I've been saying it since I was a kid, though.
1: Did you get that from, like, Full House or something? That seems like something that would be on Full House. Yeah. <laughs> a topsy-turvy. Um, all right. I mean, I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, we, we've we've put up a lot of content on the YouTube channel lately. I've seen a lot of teasers. I've seen a lot of uh, Poker Out Loud. Uh, what has been the, the, the general response? I saw a tweet from, uh, you know, the second best podcaster in the game, Joe Ingram. He, mm-hmm. was, he was in there, and he was like, hey um, – I really like this content. And I, and, and uh, Bader Holtz chimed in, the former prince of it all. He chimed in and he was like, hey, this is cool. And, uh, uh, you know, what, what's the general reaction right now? Uh, the response on On Second Thought has seemingly been overwhelmingly
0: positive. Uh, I'm really happy with the way that turned out. Hopefully we are able to keep replicating it. It's a difficult series to produce. That's why we're only doing one a month. Um, it's just, you know, it's expensive to get that kind of production value, and it it takes a fair amount of time. I think we spent about 10 days building that one out, Uh, Mm -hmm. but I'm looking forward to doing the next one for sure. It's a lot of fun. I'll probably end up doing a couple uh, for YouTube based off of the vlogger season that hopefully we'll get a good response, but yeah, the Poker Out Loud teaser, it's on fire. It has like 7,000 views. Uh, Most of our teasers get like 700 views, so people want more for sure, and uh, today... Marks the day that they're going to get more. We are upping all of our production starting today. Uh, we dropped a new course today uh, on the subsite by um, my man Ivan from Poker Detox. He heads their uh, their MTT stable, former Supernova Elite. He put out a five-part MTT course, uh, basically rooted in aggressive aggressive strategies that are founded in uh, mass data analysis. Uh, We also launched the free site today. I know we've been teasing it out for 18 months. Finally, finally, we've given you something for free on the site. Uh, Basically, what happened is we wanted to coincide it with the price hike to, uh, you know, kind of give something back to everybody who supported us throughout the pandemic and the lower price range. So on the free site, you will find uh, currently a curriculum of whiteboard videos. Uh, They're very short, but very entertaining. We'll be putting out a new course for that series uh, every month for the next six months, I believe. Uh, There are two courses up there currently. We're also going to archive some of our older stuff. So you'll see like Academy footage, maybe some of the introductory courses. That will all make it to the free site. And uh, sometime
1: this month, To Be Determined will be up there as well, the documentary that we made. To Be Determined is a much-anticipated movie in New Jersey right now. Mm. Every time time I, I... you know, I, I get the, the pulse of, of the streets. They're mm-hmm. like, yo, when's to be determined coming? We're trying to see Oscar out there in these streets, bro. Oscar's like he's he's big time right now. He t- okay. He's taking my he's taking my slot in the underground <laughs> games and he's just kind of crushing the games. The games have been really big. Yeah, you love underground to see it. right here. Love to see it. Like, good. The games have been on the ground. They've been like 1025 PLO Oscars in the mix. Whoa! Chill out! That's actually probably a great game mix.
0: for him, man. Just sitting there nut-pedaling, waiting for quads.
1: Bro, it's wild out there. It's like 1025 PLO, like a <laughs> bunch of drunk dealers, Oscars in the mix, winning. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, God bless the kid. But uh, one thing I do want to
0: say, sorry, before you transition is uh, for those of you who are signing up to the free site, it may look a little bit strange in the sense that you do have to fill out a form as though you are purchasing something, but it is ultimately free. You don't have to enter any credit card information. It's just a WooCommerce thing that
1: uh, we're working on correcting, but it'll probably be a month or so before we can fix that. Crazy stuff going down this week. We're going to tell y'all who's in the mix, who joined the Solve for Why team, and i have a little video for y'all to show it up
0: landon the prince tice we're gonna do this self-proclaimed prince no self-proclaimed yeah
2: you know me well enough that i wouldn't call myself the prince no you're right you call yourself the god i'm a god Uh prince no god fuck yeah some hands that seem like they would be full would actually be four vets most of them being like suited broadway hands like king queen suited ace 10 suited ace jack and stuff like that would be cold force and sometimes some ace wheels but this one's just an easy build. so it's like i don't necessarily feel a burden to do something because i want to do it myself mm-hmm. like i want to be one of the best in the players in the u.s i want to play live high stakes online high stakes tournaments all of it and it's not even because like i want the title of, of the super alpha <laughs> right but it's just like i know how much i love the game that i owe it to myself to be the best version of myself in this game the alamo is in what city i'm gonna go with san antonio correct what is the alamo it's a train isn't it's like a train station what what (laughs) what happened i'm like right but i'm not you're not but i did get san antonio
0: you did i'm getting to know way too many 21 and 22 year olds uh between you and chris k and jeremiah and lynn and just this whole collective of up-and-comers who uh, think very little of the generation before them. The old-timey
2: regs, the, old, would... the perceived good regs.
0: What was that funny quip that Landon
2: So said? You know he could lose a pot at, uh, at one point.
1: No, he actually can't ever lose pots versus me. I
2: don't know if you know that. No, versus no. anyone. He, no, 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 uh, he no, hasn't no, lost no. a single one. No, but he hasn't he's lost a pot versus all. me in like a year. He's, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, he's it's, won, it's won them all. Look how happy yeah. he is. Yeah. Right. It's because he's obviously just that much better than all of us. You know, all those years of experience. If everything I've done has been given to me with a a pat on the back and a yeah, you played this great. At least even post review, like it's different in a session. Like you don't want to put someone on edge and say yeah, "Yeah, yeah." it it was a punt. But it's like if I don't have conversations like that, I mean, I don't get better. I'm gonna give you the name of a famous Texan. Uh, sorry. Deshaun I mean, Watson. No, he's not, he's, he's, not from Texas. No, but he's a Texan. That's true. <laughs> this card's a little cut. He's marking it's cards not, on it's us? not, it's not bad, but it's a little. You're bad. marking cards on us, Matt?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You called out a billionaire. You offered him a nine big blind per hundred spot. He said, okay, at 200, 400, meaning you're giving this guy three quarters of a million dollars. And last I checked, Landon, correct me if I'm wrong. You Do not possess three quarters of a million dollars.
2: You know, sometimes uh, arrogant Twitter kid uh, makes some decision that might not end up being the greatest decision, as we all probably have at 21. But now we're here, we're live, and uh, we're getting after it.
0: The state bird of Texas is the northern mockingbird. You're from Florida. What's the state bird of Florida?
2: I think it's the flamingo. It's the Northern Mockingbird. Is it? It's the Sim. Is it really? Bird. Yeah. If it was a flamingo. No, it'd be cooler if it was a flamingo. It would be really, yeah. Cause flamingos are fucking sick. In poker, I'm like pretty professional, but like in life outside of poker. Oh, you're a mess. I'm a mess. You're I'm a, a fucking mess. I'm, a, I'm like middle school maybe.
0: To no surprise, we welcome the one and only Child of the Sim, joining the old timey regs. Welcome to the team, young man.
2: There's your official swag this, this is a celebratory hat
0: like it's it's like you know it's like signing day for, under, yeah for, uh, for high, schoolers. Kids, high schoolers or in high school yeah you've committed now yeah here we are we have your put, your put letter the, of intent put the hat over the headphone yeah welcome young man uh that was quite the montage it's crazy
2: looking back at that it's almost been a year since i've been out here
0: the flamingo no the flamingo a, that's what you went with for the state bird
2: yeah i, I generally thought it was the flamingo. I, I could tell. Northern Mockingbird.
0: Sure. The Northern Mockingbird.
2: Travis likes to play games like that. <laughs> it's crazy looking back at all of that stuff. It's almost been a year, man, since it being in Vegas. Yeah. And I mean, for you, that's 5% of your life. It's a long time.
0: <laughs> wow. I mean. You know, for us old timers, like me and
1: Chin, that's a heartbeat. We don't give a shit about a year. What's a year? I mean. Do one... I qualify as the old timey reg you? I think like once you're past 30, you're an yeah. old timey reg, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. You can't be 30. Damn. Is Phil Goffman on old timey rec too?
2: The oldest timey. The the oldest of timey. (laughs) He's the wisest. The wisest of timey town. town, Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be 22 in Uh, a couple uh, weeks, man. I'm getting that much closer to to old timey status. Chill out, bro. Eight years. Chill out. Go ahead, Chin. You know what blood in, blood out is, Landon? No.
1: (laughs) You want to tell him, Berkey, or no? (laughs) uh yeah i
0: think chin is alluding to the fact that uh you you're gonna need to take a blood oath and uh essentially there's only one way out of this little clique now that you've joined mm. that,
1: that's you you're know getting what that at, is chin? you know what that you know what that is or no landon
2: I'm not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> christian the godfather
2: yeah sounds like you just gotta die that's that's it.
1: Yeah, it's a casket, <laughs> motherfucker. That's yeah. Way out.
0: That's right. Your life with us now. All right. So seriously, let's let's dig into this a little bit because uh, you know we're making a lot of jokes, some at your expense, but obviously, like you're a well sought after talent. You didn't need to, in any way, shape, or form, include yourself in what we're doing. So I guess uh, tell everybody a little bit about how you got to this point and why you decided that you wanted to work with us.
2: Yeah, I mean. Yeah, as a good friend of mine. I want to work with my friends. And it's something that I really think I want to improve on as my own skill set of getting better as a coach, which will just inherently make me better as a player as well. Because it's yeah. going to be more of an incentive to learn more and be able to articulate correctly.
0: So so like I guess along those lines, having played Poker Out Loud now for the first time and done it, and, and you did it for uh, both the subscription site and the vloggers, did you find that, um, that level of articulating your thought process was kind of like, uh, I guess, a sneak peek of how much potentially uh, distilling your thoughts down into a coaching mechanism can, can potentially help you?
2: I think it's a good start. And I think I know making content for the site is going to be different than talking about a specific hand in question. But I definitely got a lot more comfortable doing it for the vloggers edition because we obviously recorded the subsite first yeah. and then the vloggers edition one. Yeah. So I felt a lot more comfortable in the vloggers one, just from the previous experience before that, but also just from doing streaming and just doing talking about poker as much as I do anyways, it wasn't really too much of a task for me to kind of speak out what I think in my brain.
0: I think that, and it didn't go unnoticed by the audience for what it's mm-hmm. worth, but I think like what made you the true shiny star of that series thus far, isn't necessarily your actual ability or any hands that you played. But it was the wherewithal to speak from each spot from a generic perspective first. Yeah. So it was like, this is what my range would do in this particular spot facing the action that we've faced thus far. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to break this down more to a hand level. And so, like, going from that macro to micro approach really aligns with everything that we've ever attempted to teach. Uh, I think that, like, that was the moment where it was like, okay, like, beyond his brand power or uh the fact that like he's out there socially and, and garnering a lot of respect of his peers this to me is is the real asset that you can bring to the table
2: yeah like the way i'd normally see the game is and like most of the times especially earlier in the poker out loud for the vloggers edition i was more approaching a spot to begin with and then seeing what my cards were after, mm-hmm. which makes it funny to see like as a viewer perspective, because it looks like I already know what my cards are. Like sure. I remember there's like, there's a couple times like I have hands that would never do anything other than fold. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, why are you talking about it? It's like, I don't even know what my cards are yet. Yeah. Like I don't even know what I have. Also, that's the point. That's yeah, the exactly. That's the point of the show. Right. right.
0: And I know sometimes that's kind of lost on the viewer because they're juggling the idea of wanting to get better at poker, wanting to hear these in-depth thoughts but also wanting the hand to move along
2: right so it's it kind of like it's obviously not easy to go through all those things in perfect timing mm-hmm. and a lot of it was going to be when things first happen in the sense of not repeating myself like let's say if i'm on the button and like under the gun opens and cut off three bets right i'm not going to have to talk about the button spot right again but for the first time it's going to be something that i'm going to talk about because that's how the spot kind of arises and yeah
0: no, it's super sharp uh Chin can kind of talk to this too we used to do the same thing the very first orbit uh like season one season two yeah we would just talk about the formations that would present themselves mm-hmm. so like you know you're on the button and it's like it folds you it's like okay well here's how i expect these blinds to play against me and i'll never have to talk about this again in the future but i can right. reference back to uh this this kind of foundational right. knowledge that i'm laying out there
1: yeah a lot of talk of how much to cut your hair. Um, some people are saying 10k. Some people are saying more than nine big blinds per 100. Uh, <laughs> so, so,
0: are we like the Yankees? We need to. We need to have him have a clean shave.
1: Yeah, uh, clean shave. Like hair. once you're in, it's like, yeah. You
0: know,
1: you look at fucking Matt Hunt. He came in. He never went back. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? He came in. He never went back. That's how it is. You see, what I'm saying he went straight.
2: You know now came that
0: back. now that you pointed out, I'm a little uncomfortable with. With the fact that everybody's shaving their head in the company now, <laughs> I
2: have to, I have saying to saying not that. shave my head as as a proof that you don't have to. I pre-
0: yeah, you, you're uh, you're sunshine. Yeah, have you ever seen uh, remember sure. the
2: Titans? Go on.
0: Uh, so I this, think I've seen it, but go on. This like backup quarterback transfers in, and he's like this surfer kid with like long hair, and they're in East Coast sport mm. or East Coast school in Virginia. Yeah, and he, they, they just like refer to him as Sunshine because he's a little bit you know L- little off. Sure. Yeah, you know, doesn't doesn't really uh, assimilate to the environment all that well, but we need that. Mm-hmm. new will uniqueness.
2: something some right, unassimilation L- un- L- un- L- is good <laughs> yeah
1: lennon talk to me or, or talk to the people like what your like first order of business is what's like your 100 days look like like what is
2: what's your first video like what, what do you have planned i think as of recent we're going to look a little bit into how i'm preparing for this heads up match mm-hmm. and kind of take it from there and then i think i'm going to do the mastermind in april
0: yeah. So the to to clarify, the course will come out in uh, June. Yeah. And it may have some inclination as to like your prep process for for heads up. Or yeah. Maybe just overall prep process right. process in general. Yeah. Um, How I approach studying. things. Yeah. The mastermind is actually coming out next Saturday. Okay. So the 10th, 11th, something like that.
2: Yeah. Today's the first. So next Saturday would be.
0: Yeah. So a week and two days. Yeah. Uh, sounds like 10th. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. Might be the ninth. <laughs> uh, have you chosen a topic on that yet? Because if not, I have a suggestion.
2: You have a pretty good suggestion. So Hunt's kind of talked me a little bit about it. Okay.
0: But... Yeah. I, I think that uh, I think that it would be really great to... And this is something that I covered in my previous mastermind to some degree. So I think it's a good double down process. Yeah. Uh, but also your proficiency with solvers makes it pretty great. Mm-hmm. One thing that I noticed... Uh, our students running into a lot is the difficulty of live poker and the lowered SPRs, right? Okay. So uh, basically in general, like if you sign up for a 1-2 game, but the average opening size is 7X. Yeah. And it goes multi-way a lot. Yeah. What people don't recognize is that you're actually playing higher stakes. Right. Just for fewer big blinds, mm-hmm. right? Because all that really dictates the stakes is number one, the dead money in the pot that you're yeah. going after. But number two, when those when those pot odd rules are broke, right? So uh, instead of them understanding that there's $3 dead in the middle and 3X accomplishes the same as 7X, once that rule is broken and people are opening larger now, now all that matters is the SPR. Yeah. So once somebody opens like, you know, let's make it a nice round number of 8X, that's actually the equivalent of opening 4X at a higher stake, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe slightly less because three to 2.5 is... Or one two to two five is uh, a little bit, bigger yeah. Talent. But yeah, so you're effectively playing two five, and if you're buying in for three hundred dollars, then you're playing two five sixty big blinds effective. Yeah. And this is something that I think is largely lost on everybody, but uh, I think starting with that macro concept of um, in most of your small stake environments, you're actually playing higher stakes at a lower uh, a lower quote unquote big blind threshold. Yeah. Uh, starting with that, now all of a sudden we can go through a bunch of spots where we're looking at 50 big blind ranges, 40 big blind ranges, 60 big blind ranges. Stuff, right. Because means. you
2: shouldn't be defending versus an 8X the same. You should be defending versus a 2X.
0: Right. And specifically, uh, I guess you shouldn't be, cause we're not going to be doing too much preflop solving, right? Right. So more specific. So now we have to find a way to translate that into the work that we're going to do. Yeah. We know we shouldn't be defending versus an 8x the same way we should a 2x, but we don't really have the means to get to equilibrium. Right, you don't have the, the direct range. So instead, what, what we can do, like. yeah, instead what we can do is just understand that when someone opens 8x, it's the equivalent of a 3x at the stake higher. Yeah. Except our stack is cut in half. Right. So now, what are we supposed to defend versus a 3x with 50 blinds? Yeah. Right.
2: We just have like some suited hands and some pairs. And- yeah.
0: And maybe it changes a lot. Maybe it only changes a little bit. It's definitely going to change a lot post. Yeah. You're going to see so much more check raising taking place on flops. Like like the the out of position post-flop aggression factor, I think, will go up, um, you know, relative to the fact that the SPR is now greatly lower.
2: Yeah. Like you see it in, in MTTs all the time. If you're playing like 20 big blind poker and like button opens and you defend a big blind mm-hmm. and you flop a top pair and a lot of your check raises are going to be with some top pairs, mm-hmm. depending on what the kicker is. Yeah. That's a mixed frequency, but it's going to be a lot more at 20 big blinds than it would be at 200. Right.
0: Essentially what happens is reverse implied odds go largely out the window. Yeah. Realization takes the massive forefront. These are all the principles that we hope you will convey in the mastermind.
2: I'm going to try. Okay. Do my best, you know? Yeah. You'll I, th- be there. I
1: think it'll be good. I will be there. I'll, I'll be overseeing the whole thing. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I'm sure that people are excited about it as well. So there was a match last night. Hmm. It was a big deal. The Twitterverse was going crazy. People were talking about Apex Predators. People were like, oh, all this shit. Like, the, people were like, oh, this is like like Ali Foreman and shit. Like People were just like, this is insane. Uh, Rumble in the jungle. People were down on the floor, like just like have fucking no chips, coming all the way back, potentially winning, and then ended up winning. What just happened, man? What did I watch? I was there for like five hours. I thought the thing was over in two, and then all of a sudden, the apex predator comes in and just. Mm, Did you, you watch the whole saying? thing? I watched the whole thing. I don't yeah. even know if I'm proud of it. I'm not. Uh, honestly, it was like it was like
0: watching a monkey fuck a football. I've I've never been able to not turn
1: away from something the way that this match was to me. Um, all right. So just to tell the people what we're talking about, because you know I, I I prefaced it a little bit, but Daniel. Negranu and Phil Hellmuth had the first of their potentially three high-stakes duels, maybe more potentially now. Potentially five. Yeah, potentially five uh, of their high-stakes duels. The first one was for 100000 And Phil Hellmuth came out on top. Um, so, Berkey, tell the people about the football and the monkey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, there's an old phrase uh, from the underground games I used to play in Pittsburgh. Where like if it was a really cheap price to call, somebody lays you just some stupid price, like, you know, they min-raise pre year or they bet like one tenth pot or something like that. You go, five dollars? I'd watch a monkey fuck a football for five dollars. And you flip it in. <laughs> <laughs> um but like that's what I felt like I was watching. It was just like such a honestly, I, I don't remember who wrote this on Twitter, but they put it best. It was like as if the death penalty was on the line for the loser. I've never seen people cling to their chips the way that had happened in this match and you know to be fair i really think they should introduce an nanny at some point if not from the beginning because it does really alter the pre-flop play a lot there was a point where uh this was the hand that like made me just my head exploded i was like okay i got i gotta turn this off at least for a minute i don't think i could watch any more of this helmet gets crippled early i guess it was like two hours in you were saying um daniel has a 96 to 4k lead uh no no sorry sorry uh it was like 93 to 7 and Daniel opens min on the button. They put in, what, a 1,000 pre, so it was 2-4. And Helmy started the hand with 6K, so he has 15 bigs. Daniel opens the button with trash. And Helmy somehow doesn't find a shelf with King-9 suited, which to me seems crazy. Uh, I know there's no anti, but, like, feels like that's just a rip in this
2: spot. It might be close because like you do want to have some hands you call with, and like suited hands kind of play pretty fine.
0: Yeah, queen nine, jack nine, ten nine. These aren't going to really reshove at fifteen. Seems like we don't really need the king nine. We could just have the king, seven yeah, instead the king six. He
1: didn't fold. The, at point least. You, the, the, the greater the greater point you're making is that he, even if it's a mix, he's probably just not doing right. it. Right. Right. He's well, I know there's a hand
2: for sure call. that uh, Phil folded Queen Jack suited for like seven bigs. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. We we can't miss that one. It's insane. But anyway, I mean, so you he could calls. have you, you could have you could have stepped away from the screen. You know. Uh, so no,
0: I did not miss that one. So he calls and it comes uh, King Queen Jack all spades. Not the worst flop for his hand, especially whenever you know you're at one and a half SPR. He checks. Daniel bets small. I think he bets like 1K into three. Looks Uh, like 500. Oh. Oh, okay. So he bets like one big blind. Perfect. So he bets one big blind. Phil calls. Now Phil has, you know, 4,500, 5K behind. The pot's 4K, so effectively 1 to 1 SPR. Uh, Turn is a jack. Daniel bets small again. He bets one third pot, 1,500. And Phil just like finds the fold as if Daniel is just some incompetent poker player who could never in a million years have a bluff here. Like... He could he, just have, like, a, a worse king. He could just he could have 9-5. Well, there's no worse king. You're just chopping.
2: <laughs> no, it. I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah, yeah. He could just have, like, a king with a spade. Yeah, but it's just, like, like
0: to find a fold there in a spot where you are 100% equity, right? Like, I'm, I'm overemphasizing that because it's that egregious to me. Mm-hmm. But it, it really is one of those things where it's like, yes, of course you lose to some hands. He just has king queen sometimes he just has a flop straight sometimes yeah he just has a flush sometimes sometimes he has a jack whatever but
2: not enough to justify a fold i think that this match to both of them kind of just means a lot more than the money of course for sure so like they have that under their under the pretense like from what i've seen from the match which was a good three and a half hours before um joey and i like cut the stream because of some other things it seemed like daniel was just kind of overfolding every spot correctly as he should well yeah so that's the thing
1: i i I do agree with that part like there were a lot of good folds i think from daniel but there was also like to to go back to Berkey's point, and i'll I'll let you finish burke like there was also just a lot of spots where i'm unsure like obviously i don't play this for a living like i don't play heads up singles for a living but like there was a lot of hands where uh like helmuth has like eight bigs eight to 12 bigs and Nagrano has like ace deuce of clubs queen ten of spades like these hands are like i think that if i was in his spot i would just shove the ace that deuce i understood
0: like, because it was a limp pot so help me just limp the button i can understand checking that back yeah, yeah, yeah. i can understand yeah, checking that back that. sometimes yeah. but
1: yeah the but there was other hands like there queen were other ten hands just opening and yeah. i'm like I, i'm like okay like i'm i don't want to be too critical because like i haven't ran these spots and like or anything like that but like i know if i was in his shoes i would just shove this hand
2: yeah you know um, I th- it I just seems it like it a might, very natural it m- hand. It might even be better based on the overfold that's taking place. Right, right. Like, it might be in theory, like, you might want to limp some hands, or you might want to check back, but, like, with the overfold... Yeah, like, seeing the Queen Jack of Diamonds hit the muck. Yeah. It's just, like, it just says shoving crazy. just... Yeah, shoving just, just shows just you everything crazy. you
0: need to know. I think Daniel adjusted incredibly well when they were deep. Yeah. And I think Phil didn't bother to adjust. He just played his game. Yeah. And he got absolutely punished for it, but by the time he had crippled himself short... Now Daniel's adjustments are rendered useless, right? So now I think Daniel's over-adjusted once he has the the 15 to one chip lead. There was a spot where he could have ended it. He just flops trips fours versus Phil. Yeah. Uh, it, I guess it was like right before- Versus, the, a, three was, yeah, versus, versus a, three a three bet. bet yeah, versus a three bet. And it's two hearts on the flop. Phil just has nines and Daniel goes for the trap. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't care what you think of Helmuth, Two things aren't going to occur. He's not going to overfold to you on a on a- Dynamic or sorry, he is gonna overfold. He's not going to hero fold no hands that stack off Correct. on a dynamic texture. So when he has overpairs, he just always goes broke. Yeah. And secondly, he's not gonna bluff with the hands you're trying to keep in. Right. So if he has ace king and you're afraid of him like folding it, it doesn't right.
2: matter. You just don't stack him when he holds that hand. You only stack him if he drills yeah, Ace he improves. King, right?
0: Yeah, and maybe. Maybe, right? Because like now it has to be the non-King of Hearts, non-Ace of Hearts right. for him to improve. And he has to like not hero fold later. And you saw it take place. Daniel ends up betting half of Phil's stack on the river yeah. instead of all of it when all of it was like less than pot. Yeah. So
1: for, those of you that don't, for those of you that don't know this hand, uh, the hand began with Phil limping the button. Uh, and then Daniel goes for the, for the raise from the big blind with 6-4 suited. Gets limp three bet really small and daniel calls the flop comes i believe four Four five. Deuce? Eight. four, four f- i thought it was five no it was the turn uh, it was yeah, turn. Four, 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 eight five, of hearts on the turn eight of hearts yeah yeah okay. so four four five uh, it goes check bet like pretty sizable bet i think it was like half pot and then instead of the raise daniel chooses the call and then the the pot is like really small the the, the hand would have been over if i mean the match would have been over if Daniel goes for the check raise. At least yeah. we presume yeah. that's yeah. the case. Yeah, it may um, have
0: been 4-4-deuce. Okay. Four, four I, I could be incorrect there because I don't think 6-7 completed on the turn. Yeah,
1: I thought it was like 4-4-deuce four, four turn 8 of hearts or
0: something yeah. like that. But like uh, once the hearts is, fill, it's, it's done yeah, for it's Phil.
2: He'll just, he'll yeah. just find okay.
1: a way to to not lose it all.
2: And he'll only okay, value bet with let's flushes. Talk, let's and, talk about yeah.
1: more general stuff. So obviously we're going to see a rematch, right? Mm-hmm. Dan, uh, Berkey said that the first, when they were deep, Daniel was the clear favorite, not close. uh do you think then that when things get shallow, Helmuth is the favorite? Is that how is 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 unless is Daniel thinking?
0: Yeah, unless Daniel works. Uh, I think he just needs to work a lot on his push folds. I think he needs to work a lot on his out of position game. Uh, as best I could tell, he was just like letting Phil over position by a tremendous amount. So there's there are two things taking place here whenever you're facing an opponent who almost purely limps the button. Number one, uh, he's playing the smallest pots in position and the biggest pots out of position, and that's pretty favorable right. for you. So you feel like you're willing to give a little bit back, and uh, you know, kind of take advantage of the positional edge. But you're you're getting defaulted that positional edge anyway. You're not really giving that much up by bluffing him pre-flop when you're out of position. And Daniel just like snap checked all of his nothing, right? Where some of that nothing qualifies as a nice raise and take it, because what we know for sure was Phil was limp folding and because Phil was limp folding and because the raise and take it was so viable, Daniel now sized down with a value dense range. So instead of like having a complete range, he chose a bounded one that he like just barely three X with or like 2.75 X with out of position. When in reality, he'd probably be better served to like have a complete range and three and a half X and just take advantage of the fact that Phil massively overfolds.
1: Yeah, Phil was like hitting like there was some hands that were like Queen Seven suited that was like limp folding, like Queen Deuce suited I remember limp folding too. Mm-hmm. It was like pretty wild. I was like, I was like, man, if I'm limping these hands, I don't think we can always fold. Right, and it's um, like you have
0: to remember the the uh, the upside also of like the times that he gets stubborn and starts calling, but then has to just give up flop because he just overfolds every node of the game tree, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, we we just know that to be true. And, yeah. you know, granted, that doesn't allow you to have multi-street pressure,
2: but you don't need to, right? You just accumulate so many chips. Well, it just depends on board texture changes, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's not that you can never have multi-street right. pressure. It's just that you can't often. You just can't your go off on bricks candidates. very much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, quite often, you're just shutting down some of your best bluffing candidates because he's already overfolded the previous streets.
2: Right. You just gain a bunch of EV when he folds flop. Yeah. Yeah, he just doesn't float wide enough, and I already saw Daniel tweet that uh, I think he'd lay two hundred k on himself at one One and a half half to one. one. Yeah, so he he's out for blood, you know.
0: I got to tell you, it's a tempting bet to take because it's very hard to be uh, a three to two favorite in In a sit and go in a sit and go format. And truthfully, like if Phil gets out of the deep part of the game unscathed, if they arrive at the push, yeah, if they arrive at the push fold portion at like twenty bigs effective. Or even 25 effective?
2: Yeah, it can go either way. You just get nines versus eights. Just, you just flip and lose. Like. Players, or you get sevens versus
1: threes still, and neither one of them put the money in. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I don't understand. Like, okay, even if they get down to the 20 big line, like, yeah, I agree it favors Phil, but neither are playing a strategy that... But that's why is... I think it favors Phil. So I just... Because I feel, I feel like Daniel will
0: Daniel... try to correct to something more uh, optimal. Like the 7-6 suited rip,
2: right? Like now right, all of a sudden right, right. he's
0: trying to take advantage of button limps. I guess
2: Dano's just betting on the fact that he's going to have more chips before they get to that point. Like he's going to have, he's going to win enough chips to where when Phil has twenty big lines, the variance isn't going to he exist. He won ninety five percent of the chips. Yeah, so the market. He did. The I market
1: mean, still I, has. I don't think his bets boys, the worst thing in the world. I, yeah, go gotcha. Boys, the market still has Negrano as a heavy favorite. Heavy favorite. More than one and a half. Uh, mm, I would have to check that. I'll I'll, I'll check it now, but uh. What do we think about that? Do you, do you think that he should have gone down in, uh, in, in, in price
0: or or what? My, my immediate reaction after the match was, this is unfortunate. I'd like to bet Daniel. Or sorry, I, I, I would like to bet Phil in this format, but I think his price is going to be bad. Like, I wouldn't ever bet Phil at less than one and a half to one. But I kind of feel like you're making a fair amount of money above that price. Um,
2: like two like two to one
0: i think like even one and a half to one you're probably making money mm-hmm. uh it's it's tough to say because i do think daniel just totally outclasses them when they're deep yeah but he's just so hard to bust at those depths yeah because even if you have 95 percent of the chips if phil has 20 blinds like that 20 blinds is hard to get it is I'm but it isn't right, right you're viewing it from the perspective of somebody who's like defending appropriately
2: and like like it's definitely hard it's to. Hard it's it's to hard. It's hard to like cut the head off the dragon. Yeah. yeah, it's just like if this guy refuses to put his last chip in the pot, it's really hard to get it. At some, but at some point, he's gonna have to put the chips. It, would it's so, it. He would that's white magic, man. He found a full of queen jack of diamonds. Like yeah. that's that's white magic. Get that's a white just, magic apex predator. He he mucked the stone flip to get into an eighty twenty. Maybe that's not a flip you want to take. You know. I mean, it's, I don't uh, know. That, man.
0: that Queen Jack fold was, but then Daniel honestly made one of like I think his fold was worse than Phil's King Nine. The Jack Ten one? Yeah, I, I legitimately think it, it, you could argue that this is worse than the, uh, the the King
2: Nine fold. I guess the reason, like where I think he was coming up with his logic for why he folded the turn was probably because he doesn't think that Phil has enough bluffs on the turn that don't follow through on the river. So like, he, like he's already lost, but he has a gut shot. No, there's to... no river. He's I mean, like in on the turn. He's all in. It. Yeah. Wait, is he bro, all in? It? He has
0: three and a half big blinds behind. Oh, he jammed the turn. Well, you're missing the entire pot construction here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Phil bet third pot on the flop. Yeah. Daniel called, leaving himself with four big blinds. He started the hand with only nine big blinds. Yeah. Okay, so I, I'm I'm assuming it was a limped pot, right? So yeah. Okay, so it's sixteen hundred each, thirty-two hundred in the pot. They go to a flop of king ten uh deuce uh draw i can't tell yeah that's two hearts okay so king ten deuce two hearts phil flops a gut shot check phil bets phil flops nothing oh yeah yeah you're right sorry i was thinking queen nine Yeah, yeah so yeah he flops stone nothing he bets one and a half big blinds now daniel started this hand with only nine blinds okay so now he's put in two and a half of those nine
2: yeah no more right I just think on flop, like you're like in theory. I think you just get you either call and get the money on any turn. You oh just yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, way off. He didn't have nine blinds.
0: Uh, so he started the hand with eighty six hundred blinds, sixteen hundred. So he started the hand with like five and a half blinds. He's already put in two and a half of them. Yeah, you just rip. And then he just folds turn. Yeah. To a shove, didn't which you? is a,
2: it's it, it's it's not it's not it. What it's,
0: are we doing, guys? What are we doing? This just makes no sense. You're getting almost three to one in a he spot. He doesn't even. Way. I mean,
2: even to make an argument for like a fold, like he doesn't have a heart and hearts in his hand either. Like Phil could just have a flush draw. Who could also just have Jack Nine, and you have him Daniel dead.
1: minus Daniel minus one fifty nine.
0: Wow, that's better than the price he's offering. No wonder he's not getting any action. He'll
2: yeah. probably pump it up to yeah. one sixty, minus one sixty. Might have to. Got to pump it up. Yeah,
1: <laughs> 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 got go I, I. It's hard, man. Like I was having a lot of discussions about just how he theoretically was... bad Helmuth is, but how does he keep he makes it happen, man?
0: Look like... at that mistake that Daniel makes. He folds 87% equity with three and a half blinds.
1: Yeah, but Phil folds a hundred percent equity. But at least that's he, like but before. but at least he had
0: fifteen blinds. One of them is a student of white magic. The other one is not. Right, like Helmuth preserved the fifteen blind stack. At least that's workable in some sort right. of capacity. Or he preserved the twelve blind stack, whatever it was. Daniel preserved a three and a half blind stack with eighty-seven percent equity hitting. Yeah, there mark.
1: was uh, even myself. Like I, I, I was like, are these are these graphics? Everybody thought that the, 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 the stacks were wrong. Fold- because it's natural, right? Like, yeah. the, like hands are hitting the muck that, or like not shoving off like six big blinds. We're just like, folding. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm like, what is going on, right? Like, this is kind of insane. Uh, anyway, okay. So, what? What did we learn for the
2: next one? What, what did who, we, who should
1: we bet on?
2: Like, what did we learn from this match? Know, <laughs> what are our
0: takeaways? One point six to one is pretty attractive for Phil. I gotta tell you, like, he might just be the master of this format. I obviously he's so. Format. I mean, the thing is is that, like obviously he's insanely lucky because in order to win this match, he has to win like like his blue line has to be greater than than his opponents all the time, all yeah, the he time. never out bluffed. like he never bluffs more than someone right, right he'll his never re- win red line right? no, he'll, never, he'll win never win red line, so his blue like he literally just has to trust that he will have the best hand at showdown more often than his opponent, and
2: the problem with that strategy is that. <laughs> Your opponent various? knows. No, no, no. Like your opponent knows you're a blue line player. Honestly, that might be what's good about the strategy
0: because they don't go for value anymore. They have to start checking back top pair. Like Daniel made a lot of really tight folds that were good. He made a lot of checkbacks That were good. Where like Phil rivered the nuts and Daniel was like top pair. Yeah. Like on a the hand non- that's worth intuitive. a bet. Yeah. And it's
2: just like, I can't, I can't down. possibly get called by You just by really one. have to think about what you can get called by. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of spooky. It, <laughs> It's pretty spooky, man. For everybody out there watching,
0: this is what the two five streets look like. You should all be watching these matches and taking notes because uh, I think Daniel played it close to the best that he could with the exception of like what happened when he got short. I think he played very poorly when he was short. Yeah. Uh, And he probably didn't game plan for that, right? Like I think he just game planned to to win the the overall strategy and how to win all the chips yeah, and not really remembering that like a Phil changes when he has the chip lead. He does redline a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, he does some things like the Queen Eight. It's game flow. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true, man. There's a pulse to, to environments like this. Uh, I think the comment or the remark of them treating it as though the death penalty was on the line
1: is it's
2: a good, a perfect it's a, it's a good encapsula- analogy. It's
0: a
1: perfect encapsulation
0: of game flow.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. But why? Why Why do we think that is? Because they're both rich. It's not like 100Ks. That it's much a legacy pride. thing. It's oh, a legacy pride. thing.
2: Yeah. Like, Phil, Daniel can't take it losing to Phil. Phil can't take it losing to Daniel. Daniel's
0: demeanor. Like from the point where he had like the twenty to one chip lead and he's just on top of the world saying, I told wire to fucking wire. I'm the apex predator up yeah. in this bitch. Yeah. And then it just like they got even. The, the apex color, cha- the apex changed. The color just drained from his face, man. Yeah. It's just like, huh. Oh. Well, 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 you got even, didn't you? Wow. Well, <laughs> can't fucking believe this is happening to yeah. me right now.
1: I all right, would, let's get let's get yeah. let's get some fashion advice. Let's get some fashion advice from our man Berkey. Berkey always comes in. You know, you guys, if you guys follow Berkey for a while, he's he's usually in there with. You know, he sometimes he comes with a bow tie, he comes with the vest. You know, he comes in like different different. You know, sometimes he comes in with like Marty you know, the the lumberjack look. Mm-hmm. Like he comes mm-hmm. in with all different different moves. Right. Uh, yesterday, Negrano came in with the red velvet game. I right? Did
0: you, was th- feeling
1: that. Dude, he's actually snuck in with like he had the black and red diet cherry coke too. Like, it, like <laughs> he's it a, matched, a genius. Bro. That's
0: not vegan approved. He,
1: I understand. I mean, I'm just saying it's marketing approved. Black, is what the, it is. The black cherry diet coke. He also had you know the accessories going on. He had the the red, <laughs> the, the 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 red. Uh, watch you know the apple watch he mm. had the red lace the red band the red dude. band yeah digging, i'm digging those going, blue glasses
2: can we talk about the props that he pulled out too for phil he pulled out the tissues <laughs> he pulled out a towel he pulled out a towel wave the towel phil pulled the out towel. the sour patch kids for five pounds yeah the burger
1: was, all right wait okay let's 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 go first i want to address the the fashion game you know compare and contrast between the two opponents and then after that, we need to talk about the fucking marketing genius of the Apex Predator. The food, <laughs> the
2: food not. game is strong. <laughs> like, uh, he's
1: a marketing genius. That's all I'm gonna say. He's got the
2: brain fuel going, the Sour Patch flowing. You know, he's. I everywhere. think he signed
0: Negranu to uh, rep brain fuel before the match was over. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> was no, I, right, so I, I did, thought Negranu like looked it? great.
0: Uh, okay. That that outfit is sheer fire. It's difficult to pull off. I think like. Everything from the like blue frame glasses to the contrast of the red. It, it was so nice. And like the set is red and black. So like he just really He went kinda, after it. Yeah. It, it, it was top notch shit there by Negrano.
2: Okay.
1: And then let's go with uh Hellmuth. He came. Phil, in, Phil looked he, like
2: he was ready first, to put in a session at five ten. <laughs> he was he's ready to rock. <laughs> but I do want to talk about like bro,
1: he first opening line, he's like, I gotta drink this. Yeah, the yeah. brain fuel before we start. And he drinks it, right? Boom. That's like 50K <laughs> right there, right off the jump. you got. Then after that, he had the Sour Patch Kids Poker, poker Brat, brat
2: Mix. Mm-hmm.
1: Poker mm-hmm. Brat Edition lined up right there where the camera can't miss it, right? Yep.
2: Puts on, on the floor K. perfectly. Hit, hit, hits
1: him
0: with a one-liner of like, gotta have my Sour Patch <laughs> I'm
1: Gotta have you. my snacks. Yeah. Then... He had some Chinese fucking restaurant. <laughs> he did. <it>. Like <laughs> hit him with the dumplings. Like, oh. He had the oh, soup dumpling man. game, right? That was, I don't know how much they, how much they paid him for that. But bro, how comes back and wins he, it. He's a business man. All I know is a bro. Listen, whoever this, like, I don't know who's in charge of like, like who that tom tom from above the fell, better get you some fucking deals berkey <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because what the fuck is going on i'm just Why? like eating burgers farm to table yeah i <laughs> any other way
0: uh there was a Tell picture you, there was a You picture gotta get a ghost sponsorship of- oh, i do need that ghost sponsorship for sure we we need to follow up with that uh there was a uh, an image of Helmuth like standing up bemoaning something and he's like taking his hat off and like arching his back back so that he (laughs) i tweeted uh somebody tweeted the picture and i replied and i said this looks like the image you send your friend when it's 4 a.m and a bigger game is about to start with this guy who hasn't slept in three
2: days (laughs) yeah but he's on brain fuel
1: he's on brain fuel bro he's on the brain fuel i mean
2: he's wired who's gonna win man.
1: i don't know all i know is that this guy keeps winning we keep talking shit we keep saying he keeps showing up (laughs) and he keeps fucking
2: winning and like I guess yeah, I a question, a question like I would have is like, how to make it more entertaining, right? Because like people, were, great, like a lot of people were saying, like this is so slow, this is so. It was just
1: so long. Everybody but it's the will.
2: Style. Everybody will always
0: complain, though, man. Like, yeah, poker out loud is too slow. Live at the bike is too slow. Poker yeah. after dark is too slow. Why won't you take? Why won't you listen to the table? Like everybody wants something different. You can't please the masses. Yeah, and the truth of the matter is, and I. I mean this with love, especially because we have an audience right now, but nobody knows what the fuck they want. Yeah. You just have to jam it down their throat. Mm -hmm. You just have to give them a product that's well produced and has some sort of like story arc to it
2: and just say, there was definitely a story arc to that going down to 5k. You know, I guess the only problem would be like, it was a very long stream, right? Like to get all of it, but you could just not watch it and watch it on your own time. Like, or, yeah, they're, they're just gonna give you the content. and You're gonna it's watch just a, it. it.
1: It's it's the thing is like we're it's a trade off, right? There it is. Like, oh boy, uh, <laughs> stop, guys.
2: Trademarked no, ARIA hat. Tell me this that you ridiculous. haven't sent
1: that picture
0: at some point where you're like, yo, this guy's about to start. 50, you'd be, you'd, you have to
2: sneak. You have to sneak the picture so they don't know that you take it. Yeah. You got to sneak it. Yeah,
0: you just like send that pic. It's like this, yeah, guy's this guy here. is
2: buried heaps at
0: five ten. He wants to start fifty hundred. You in? Auto book. <laughs> <laughs> The
1: real I star of the show I, I'll, I just know that I've been at bellagio and this person shows up yeah. I'm ready to go.
0: <laughs> yeah. The real star of the show was just, was, was Showman. I there were there was like a 5 minute stretch where he was laughing so hard that he actually couldn't it. get a word out. He tr- he tried so desperately to get a word out. couldn't do it. And he was just giggling like a school
1: child. <laughs> it was fantastic. I, I, yeah, I do agree. I think it's a trade-off. Kind of, I, I was, I was kind of alluding to that. It's, it's a trade-off where you know we have these two massive poker icons, and they're, 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 they have like this little, kind of pseudo-rivalry now. I guess like they, they, they're, they're kind of rivals again. I sort mean, of.
2: definitely, right? You see what's going on on Twitter. Daniel's taking shots that he can't win in 50k's, like 25, 25k I, I plus. Like Daniel side of that.
1: And plus, I, I sure. Agree.
2: And Phil's saying that Daniel's coming after his legacy. And Daniel's saying, look, I ain't taking anything away from you, man. You're the 1500 champ at the WSOP. But, I mean, come on now. The GOAT. If, if anybody's
0: coming after his legacy, it's fucking Joe McKeon. Joey, or, or Darren Joey. Elias. Those guys are nipping in his goddamn heels.
2: Joey gets it done, man. Second, second they, they, they in the both, WPT. Yeah, I mean first i don't know
1: i don't think anyone's legacy will be affected on this i know i've seen some of the other shows some of the other shows kind of allude to like oh is this a legacy play i don't think so i think whatever happens within the next five years in terms of we'll see if they're even around in five years (laughs) oh wow wow
2: classic right this kid classic right this, this this
0: is the new face this, is, of the company. this
2: is this is like the it's the over where it's like the where phil's coming after the young kid where it's like we'll see if you know when he comes after duan like we'll yeah. see if you but now it's like when you get older it's like let's see if you've been playing in five years yeah know? yeah i mean i'm just I making think, a joke I, i'm just here for the memes you know i'm, here for, I the, mean, I'm here for the memes listen uh, there's man. a little snippet
1: where hallmuth is like i'm about to be a billionaire <laughs> <laughs> that's what
2: he said that's how much
1: money he has.
2: Right. So the point is, and he's obviously, he's not, he's not playing for money, right? He's not trying to beat Daniel. He's just trying to, he does not want to lose to Daniel. Like, I, he, I think all he
0: wants to demonstrate is that he is as lucky as we think he is. Like I He kind of showed it. Yeah, I think he has a horseshoe wedged so far up his ass and he knows it. He's just like, I'm going to teach all these guys something about math. I'm going to do everything wrong. He is the math. And still fucking win. And then what? What are you going to say then? What? I mean, if he wins three straight, what can you say? What can you say? What he's what the, can, he's the goat what, at what, will we say? what like, can I you <laughs> say? What can you say if he wins the when he wins the next one? Yeah, he's the goat at 150 hand sample. He's just the best at know, playing then, 150. What else, hands. what else are you coming after him next for, you know?
2: He's just gonna keep doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if
2: just gonna, gonna problem, win another bracelet. say, so what are you gonna say? Right. The problem is this,
1: Berkey. Like he just keeps winning. <laughs> I <know>. And
2: like. <laughs> He keeps um, taking Ws. You well, got to well, eat here, the does, Ws. Here's what we talk
0: about all the time, right? In tournaments, it's not about the, pot, the number of pots you win, right? All that really matters is is finding and carving the path throughout the, the number of hands that are dealt in the entire event that allows you to hold the trophy, right? And Helmuth, somehow, someway, 15 times, bobs and weaves in a way that he navigates the exact path that will dictate a W over
2: 150 hand sample. What can you do, I yeah, can't, you can't I can't, I it. can't wait till after it's all said and done. He just says something along the lines of like, "Look, I know how this game is played. This is my game. <laughs> you know, like I know the math, yeah. but fuck the math. You know, he's like, I know I'm not supposed to fold Queen Jack suited, but yeah. what can you do when I'm holding the trophy and you're sitting there bubbling? You know, True seven, though. seven big. Not ones. only,
1: not only does he have 50, he has the most bracelets, but also has the most second places, bro. Like it's it's his his record at WSOP is disgusting. Yeah. Talking about WSOP, right? They announced that they're going to have the 2021 WSOP this fall, starting September 30th, Whew. going into November 23rd. So we're looking at a pretty long series. Um, it is not an April Fool's joke. At least
2: they said that. Look, it says it right there that on the was, tweet
1: yeah that's true um and yeah i mean let's go right i have Uh, a feeling what
0: i have a feeling edc is about to get announced for halloween
1: yeah i mean they have all these people right it's going to be crazy i mean so they have their i believe their opening event is called the reunion i if i uh skimmed really quickly through the the big reunion it's a it's a nice name uh what do we expect i think we're going to see some massive crowds, man. Like given the way that poker is kind of roaring back in America, which is I mean, interesting because I was listening to some European podcasts, right? So a couple of the, of the Euro podcasts, and it's not the same effectively. A lot of people are saying that we're living in two separate poker worlds right now. Yeah. America is like itching to booming. play live poker. Yeah. We're, they're, like, we're in an unregulated market poker, and they're in a regulated right, one. Right. Euro and rest of the world is like, bro, we don't give a fuck about live poker right now. Like, yeah, we're good. Like, we're playing online, we're good. So it's interesting, like, you know, when we're saying like, oh, this is going to be huge, right? But like, people that are, you know, potentially listening to us in other parts of the world, uh, they're just like, what are you guys talking about? But th- this is kind of what we're talking about in America. It's just not like that. Well, it's live was always
0: not. difficult to facilitate in, in Europe particularly. There just aren't a lot of stops. Like, and yeah. on top of that, the majority of the stops that were taking place were being run by you know, major online sites like Gigi. Um, Star, or sorry, stars. Uh, right. Stars, rather. Uh, party Poker. Um, to a lesser degree, I guess Triton is affiliated with King's Casino or uh, maybe King's App. I'm not certain. Yeah. In any event, like a lot of online money was facilitating these live events as a means of marketing, right? But if their major market base doesn't give a shit about playing live and they're happy to just play the Irish Open $800 buy-in online, which now that model is certainly proven to be effective. Yeah. Yeah. There's really not that much of a need for live online. But need I remind you, the last time the WSOP took place in person, we were playing in a fucking bowling alley with Mm -hmm. 10-handed tables. Oof. no air conditioning in the middle of the summer Oof, and like... an alternate line a thousand deep in the fucking pavilion damn sure that is... was pre-pandemic
2: we are it's gonna true. need a second convention center for all the day ones this time around this is what i'm looking forward to huh for my first live WCF? oh
0: it is a dog and pony
2: show i mean to be honest like Live tournaments, when they came back, like when the Venetians started running stuff, like the MSPT kind of came down, like all of these tournaments, like you played in them, like the win yep. 3,500, win yeah, 1,600. Like these tournaments, man, like they're crushing guarantees. Like they're, people want to play. The,
1: the, you, you, that's nothing, dude. Bitcoin wanna, is anything. up.
2: Bitcoin is up. The Crypto is, is booming. remarkable. The game, I, I mean, the play in these. In people these thought ages? people were going to get better in these bigger tournaments, like field wise, but... When you get it's it's great. These are some good tournaments, man. Yeah, (laughs) these are some Uh, really good tournaments.
0: The iron is hot, young man. Strike while you can. Yeah, this is probably as close to like Black Friday ish um, resurgence that I've ever seen. And I do. I've been saying this for a while. I think tournaments are the gateway moving forward, as far as like um, the ability to accumulate significant wealth in this game. Yeah. Private high stakes will always be there. And if you have a way in, that's awesome. It's going to be a means to an end to uh, making six and seven figures. Yeah. But tournaments, tournaments. They're always going to be there. There is no,
2: There's no stop. end in
0: sight for 10Ks and below.
2: <laughs> right. Like the 1600s, 3500s, like even 5Ks depending on where. Wait you see the
0: five diamond field.
2: Yeah, I haven't played that it's, yet. It's going to be record shattering. It's going to be, I think it's going to be 2,000 people.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, it's I a think, 10K, right? Yeah. What did we get last time, Shin? Like 1,300? It was like
1: 1300 It was also record-breaking. Record-breaking.
0: I think it's going to destroy that. Yeah. It's going to be 2,000 people, and it's going to play equivalent to like, I don't know, a $50 re-entry. On, $50 on ACR. On ACR, yeah. 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 Like uh, the amount of... The the, the financial <laughs> barrier of entry is so low right now because money's devalued, and uh, the people who did well during, the, during these downtimes did incredibly well. Yeah. And they just have a ton of money laying around for their hobbies. Right. And poker fulfills that in a, in a large way. Yeah. The barrier of entry is so insanely low, financially speaking, for the vast majority of the fields. And the uh, skill barrier of entry for tournaments is also relatively low if you just want to look at isolated results. Yeah. So in order to win one tournament... I I did it. <laughs> yep. I mean, you're a good player. But uh, my point is, in order to win one tournament, you don't have to be world-class right now in order to be a professional tournament player yeah of course you have to accumulate those skills but people who are playing tournaments don't think that way
2: no they just want to get first for whatever that is yeah normally most of the time now it's six figures yeah sometimes you
0: rip off 1.5 million for a 200 hundred buy-in and it's just like we're (laughs) gonna play fucking everything we're fucking rich now yeah that 25k starts look real nice yeah it's not that expensive anymore you know right so it's just like that could be you we have a lot it of it is
1: confirmed. It is confirmed that Vanessa is playing the twenty five k. Is she really?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's go. I said if
1: there's one I said if there's 125k you want to play it's the one in Florida. Yeah, the Florida 25k. Said, there's is two. Be there's the one in Australia and the one in Florida. If you want to play a 25k that's Don't the go one. to
0: Australia. <laughs> the the party poker one that they put on in Bahamas if they do it again is the P, also like the
2: PCA. Incredible.
0: It was a 10 million guarantee the first year. The, the players, time. right? The... No, 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 that was that was uh smart. No, that was
1: that was PSPC.
0: That was different. PSPC. Yeah. Okay, so this yeah. is something else. They they ran a 10 yeah. million guarantee 25k uh mm-hmm. 2018 jeremiah played in that it was incredible i oh my god what what an event what an
2: event event, i mean yeah
0: what an event i didn't eat for three days (laughs) i got 14th in it i lost a chip lead pot to roger tesca with uh 17 left we got in like 65 blinds each where i had him slightly covered Uh, i think actually i was chip leading at the time so i think i had like 80 blinds uh so it crippled me is this the tournament you folded a boat No, no no that was the 10k pca man gotcha um i had like 80 blinds to start he had like 60 we got it all or 65 something like that yeah we got all in pre my ace king to his ace queen and he just flops me dead
2: bro why did they, they i listened to this guy's stories like from very recently like they do this guy dirty man they get, know, it's this face man i'd face equity plus they teska do, they is do just notoriously so drunk
0: when he plays just
2: win just win that one do you know what do you know what he then went on to do did he win the tournament he won the tournament he won the
0: tournament yeah, of course he won the tournament yeah <laughs> no big deal but man, of course, I mean of course
1: he's going to win the tournament. But okay, so l- let's get back to the, the, the topic is we expect a really big WSP. Um, we expect five diamonds to be massive. Massive. What about these side um
2: massive he nah, just keep saying it. Massive.
1: <laughs> just, are going to be What about people. the side the side casinos? The side casinos. Let's talk about like Yeah, I know massive. Like the Venetian. The Bro. Venetian the Winter running it's, stuff over the it's summer too. Be
0: fall. These guys are going to be at full full vacancy, and they're they're going to be people playing in the fucking street. They're going to shut down the Las Vegas Strip and put a goddamn poker table at one of the traffic lights. It's going to O'Shea's. O'Shea's might run a thousand person field. I don't know, they might have like beer pong on the side while running like ten tables of uh, a three hundred dollar buy-in. Like
2: it is going to be the yeah. biggest series. By such a wide margin. I heard that like Venetian Winter also running like summer series. They do like, it every year. Yeah, yeah, like there's gonna be a signature summer series going on, and then right we after that, there's you. also the
0: bracelet events.
2: Online. Right, online bracelet events that's going on over the summer. WSP is gonna be a little bit after them. Everything's kind of lining up, and I gotta sit here and play Bill heads up when it happens. You know. Yeah, yeah
1: that's true. I mean, you signed yourself up for
2: that. Oh yeah, you're getting you, yourself I, knew, into I, knew man. I, knew, I
0: yeah. To be fair, to be fair, I'm I'm right there with you. I am. Reclaiming my summers. This is the year we this take game it back. This made a good tweet. Yeah, he's right. This is the year we what? take it back. We need the World Series to stay in the fall forever. I want I my summer back. Yeah. I want to go I, home. I want my life back. I want to go home. I want to watch baseball games at PNC Park. I want to go to the lake. I want to be out there doing all kind of stuff and when it's absolutely fucking miserable in Vegas because it's 50 degrees and windy and it's snowing everywhere else then the I'll country, suck
2: it up and stay in the waiting line. Then
0: I want to be in the rear. Yeah.
1: I agree. I agree with that. <laughs>
2: who I, do we who do we talk I to to make that happen? I think it's happening.
1: Okay. So, we do expect a really large main event, uh, a really large WSOP, and that usually means a tournament academy coming for Saul for why.
0: Yeah. That's true. Um, right now, not sure. Um, it's probable that we are going to do something online instead of live. It just facilitates more people. Uh, and we'll probably position it leading up. So I would imagine somewhere in the September 1st region, we'll probably do a three week homeschoolish ish uh, type of course. Uh, I feel actually pretty confident in saying that. I, I think that that definitely going to be the plan. We'll spend September prepping for the World Series. We'll have uh you know myself, Chin, Landon, Hunt all out there doing it the way we need to. Uh I think the way that we'll structure it is similar to like the way that tournaments break down. So something like early stage play, middle stage play, late stage play uh while we intertwine ICM throughout all of that. Uh I think that you know the ICM decision making process is probably going to be the biggest attribute that we can teach our, our customer base because decisions change and they're very counterintuitive in a lot of spots. Um, and there was
1: a lot of, there was a lot of ICM talk, you know, throughout the, you know, we spoke about like the Ace King versus five. There was a huge discussion over that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is watching ICM in these heads up fucking <laughs> matches. Like, well, the really heads up doesn't have yeah. ICM, but like they're playing as if there was ICM and it seems like Life equity. The you, is the ICM genius uh, <laughs> for the longest time. Uh, so, I am excited about that. Uh, Where you said three weeks, first week of September, price point undetermined, but you know, you guys seem to always get the—they seem to always get the better of us all the time. Uh, it's like I, I'm always the one fighting. Like we don't have sponsorship yet, guys. We really need to. You know, an extra 500 could really help. And Berkey's like, "What about a discount? <laughs> what about if they use the code Landed?" Like, and I'm like, "Here we go again. Guess I'll." Oh, for Bitcoin. Oh,
2: rides. shit. Here we go again. Yeah. crypto. I mean, <laughs>
1: I'm all about, I'm all about
0: creating value, man. You know, it's all about giving that's, back. That's what you we're know? here
1: to do. Anyway, talking about some fucking story arcs. There was some beef. There was some what's beef. You, you ever heard that song, Landon? What's beef?
2: No. No. We're going to leave you out you to never dry heard on that? this one. What's beef?
1: You never heard that song?
2: No. You gonna,
1: are you going to finish it? Are you going to finish this for us? No, that's the song. What's beef? <laughs> like, mm. oh my god, Jesus Christ, man! What's be- you heard of Tupac? I've heard Troublesome. I don't
0: know what Troublesome is. Stop it! Yeah, you do. It was what Tupac's disc record versus to Biggie.
1: No, that was Hit 'Em Up.
0: That's the chorus, but I'm pretty
1: sure the the
0: name of the song is Troublesome '96.
1: I don't know, man. Yeah. Anyway, B I G, Landon. Anyway, there was beef on the Twitterverse. It was Ben C B versus Dominic Nietzsche, and they were talking mad shit. They were like, pretty much, he was like, listen, you fucking snake oilsman, uh, Dom's telling Ben, and they were going back and forth, and I don't know, man, I don't know what to think. It, it seems like, maybe there's another shit going down. I don't know what's going to happen. Pretty much, he says, uh, Raise Your Edge is trash, DTO's top quality, as a snake oils man these charts make no fucking sense i blocked his ass i don't know what to think bro i don't know what to think is this just like marketing or this is real beef like i don't know man when germans fight is weird like <laughs> they're supposed to be they're supposed to be like, together yeah just, like it's just like i don't understand bro. there it is is
0: it really called troublesome yeah it's troublesome 96 i'm just throwing it out there uh yeah cultured i uh cultured
2: response from you
0: Wait, what? That was a cultured response. You knew that one. I did know that one. Yeah. Um, what, what are your thoughts? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this because you know, I, I can go on and on about this for a long period of time, but I'm sure it's just going to result in my name getting dragged through the mud in some sort of capacity. So, uh, young man...
2: Welcome to the team. Welcome to the team. Welcome to the team. <laughs>
0: First PR response. What uh, what do you think about these two kind of going... It's not even these two really, right? It was more so like one-sided. I think Dawgs yeah, was pretty much attacking.
2: I mean, for what it's worth, I don't think like I have enough knowledge or experience using either mm-hmm. of them, using DTO or Raise Your Edge. Like, I can't really make an opinion on yeah. what I think of the content of each. But I mean, Ben's been a world-class player. He's been winning on forever online dom's also done his fair share of winning so it just kind of seems like they have think they, they both have good points and like i just don't have i don't have enough information to make been a claim out with joey too long we're getting i don't right have enough inf- i don't have enough information <laughs> to make a claim you know yo,
1: you're fucking great yo. every time we need to make a statement we're just gonna put you out there like <laughs> all, all right, right guys this is what look they're both great and, um, I really like, I use a lot of stuff, but like, I haven't used these that much, but mm-hmm. this product looks great. All right. And I mean, I have a lot of sure
2: friends it. that like really talk about how great DTO is. And wow. I know a lot of other people that have like won a bunch of tournaments and have seen some good success using Razor Edge. So. Yeah.
0: So here, here's my take on it. I, I have less experience. You're with, back. <laughs> I have less experience with Razor Edge than I do with DTO. I think DTO is a fantastic product for what it's worth. Um, I think that it is one avenue to massively raising the ceiling for players who are interested in pursuing poker as a career, but also pursuing poker at the highest levels. Yeah, I think that it's very good at that. Where I think that this isn't a good faith debate any longer and why uh, I have an opinion that Dom is uh, just kind of on the offense Mm -hmm. in a yeah i'll just say it in in not a good faith way is the inability to acknowledge that there is a very very massive gap between somebody who comprehensively understands no limit hold'em and then is trying to get better on top of that adding layers Mm -hmm. versus the rest of the entire player pool who just simply wants to improve in some sort of capacity yeah so the analogy that i always use is uh if, if we treat poker or the poker ecosystem as a gym, right? And everybody who's playing stakes between micros and mid stakes is effectively walking into the gym for maybe the first time or maybe uh, for the first year or whatever. But they're effectively, their scope and understanding of what they're getting themselves into is incredibly limited. Yeah. Right? For a lot of people, that's daunting and overwhelming. But eventually like through... Uh, kinesthetic learning just through going through the process of working out they start to understand a little bit better right Mm -hmm. and then they observe those around them that they can look up to people that are bigger and stronger and faster and swoller right so they watch what they do and they emulate and they mimic right and that helps their progress a little bit no matter what though their their ceilings are all incredibly limited based off of the difficulty it is To even get to the point where they start to plateau, yeah, right. So it's such a challenge to even get them to the base level comprehension of this game in a theoretical sense that most of them will just fall off and quit. Yeah, right. I think that the issue with attacking somebody like Razor Edge or us, or you know, I saw him say some disparaging, uh, disparaging things against Run at once, and the issue with attacking all of the other people in your space is that they're all not trying to fulfill the exact same need that you are. Right. And I don't think anyone's out there saying DTO isn't a fantastic product. Right. Right? So like, I guess that's my problem with this Polk-like approach yeah. to just tearing people down is that you may believe that Razor Edge has gaps in knowledge or holes that your product can either fulfill or is superior then.
2: DTO doesn't have any like courses or content, right? It's just the program? I think it's just the program, yeah. Yeah, so like it seems like there's a bunch of different things that cater to other people. Like some people just need to learn what poker is in the first place and understand fundamentals, let alone use DTO. And yeah, then when I, you're trying to get to the elite level, like using something like DTO is definitely yeah,
0: super helpful. I mean, I, I think maybe uh, we just haven't given Dom enough shine for what he created. Yeah. Right. And maybe there is a little bit of pushback for that. Yeah. But also I think like it's it's very narrow-minded to not acknowledge how much help is actually taking place from well-seasoned pros who are able to convey or communicate that knowledge down to novice players. Yeah. In a way that does improve them. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't improve them to the elite level. No. But I don't think anybody's trying to necessarily sell that. Right. Uh, Nobody's trying to say that raise your edge will get you to beating high rollers. Right. Right. Now it might get you to the point where you are competently beating mid to high stakes and now you're prepared to take on some other level of training. Right. In order to enter the high roller sphere. Right. But it's not a one size fits all like just because you subscribe to Solve for why or raise your edge or learn pro poker or upswing or run at once or DTO doesn't mean that like you specifically can only learn through that methodology right there's just a lot of information and the most critical thing of all is that if we really took the time to be humble and honest with ourselves and our community every one of us from the absolute most elite all the way down to the most novice should be at a point where we can just admit that we know almost nothing about this game yeah right and i think that that lack of humbleness and instead the arrogance or hubris that's being presented by saying like not only do i know more than my peers
2: they are giving fake information right
0: but they are knowingly deceiving you yeah Because they're not revealing what they actually know or what they know that I know. Right. Right? Uh, And I think that that's very unfair. Especially when there are actual bad actors. Yeah. There are people like Torelli out there that are selling actual trash. Mm -hmm. Selling fucking necklaces with essential oils in them. And calling it training. Mm -hmm. Right? Why, Why does that guy get no exposure as being a total and utter fraud? Yeah. Right? Like, why are we going after people who are proven winners that are actually doing some sort of service for some collective in the community now maybe it not it's not the collective that you are are appealing to right like DTO is a higher level product
2: period right and that's great that's fantastic like you got me as a customer for sure like I'm sure that if someone were to pull Dom and be like hey like for DTO like would you are you guys trying to help people that are trying to get to high rollers versus people that are just learning poker. He's gonna say people are trying to get to high rollers. But For people sure. that are trying to improve at a level that are already beating mid to high stakes. Right. And he low like if you're not beating low stakes, there's something else other than like not learning solvers. Like you don't need theory and, like solvers like hours in the lab to be well, able we to talk about micro stakes. Like you We just,
0: talk about this a lot, that there is a lot of layers to this game. Yeah. And if you just take something like the Helmuth Antonio match, DTO isn't really gonna help. In that environment, it will, right. but only to a limited degree.
2: Right, like there might be better, like higher EV options, and preparing exactly. for a match versus fill, than using like DTO and PIO. Exactly, because they are so exploitable. Right, and because it's such a tiny
0: little hand sample. Yeah, it's so much more critical critical to max exploit mm-hmm. than it is to protect yourself in that yeah. environment. Right? right, and that holds true largely across the board in live poker. Yeah. So yes, we want to be ta- teaching theoretical principles, and we want to be teaching very sound heuristics. But more importantly, we want to be able to teach people to think and decide for themselves in the moment what takes precedence. Yeah. Not necessarily try to regurgitate some sort of uh, sim output or very specific strategy that they know will get approved by the the, the machine. And I think to some degree, what we're seeing is like uh, a desire to replicate chess. So I think like from Dom's perspective, DTO could represent like, um, an engine like like yeah alpha not alpha go what's the other one alpha 0 alpha 0 yeah so it's like we might have built something here that is akin to stockfish or alpha 0 and everybody in the industry if they give one iota of a shit about getting better, should use this product. Well,
2: isn't DTO just preloaded sims and it just looks like it's a gamified program of sims? It's a little bit simplified to say that, but yes, uh, it it has a lot of tiers to it. So like, it
0: it tackles ICM, it tackles... I
2: think his like response to that would be like, well, you do need to learn baseline in order to start to exploit, which is like super true. And like, there's obviously a lot to be learned if you're a beginner and you want to use DTO.
0: Well, it's only true if... If you're if you're dealing in the general sense, yeah, it's not true if you're dealing in specifics,
2: right? If I watched a thousand hours of
0: Helmeth play, I wouldn't need to. Know yeah, there's a
2: difference theory. between learning baseline versus learning like how to beat Phil Helmy. It's exactly. different than how to learn theory and. In-
0: exactly, but yes, I agree. What I'm trying, what I think we're both agreeing
2: on here is that
0: there's a marriage yeah. between these two worlds. Right. That one side is a little bit too pretentious to ever acknowledge, and uh, it, it's it's unfortunate, but it's also like what makes the game so incredibly fruitful. And what makes live poker so incredibly protected?
2: Well, I think that's what the best players do, right? Is like the best players just find a way to marry their knowledge of baseline and theory versus their assumptions that they make versus the people they play. And it happens a lot of time, like even like in like high stakes tournaments online and live, like everyone's just sort of operating under the pretense of, how far is this guy deviating and where is he deviating? And the best players know how to capitalize on those mistakes in the way that they think makes sense. Yeah. And you just see the results get a, over time and time again.
1: It's got a couple of, the chat's kind of going crazy right now. Hit him up Torelli, all this other shit, 96 troublesome Torelli. <laughs> <all this.
2: laughs> chat's wild, man. It's
1: just, you, you know, they really like the bang of Torelli right there. That was pretty wild. But there was some other, there was some other comments here pretty much saying, uh, there are too many training sites. Every, every, it seems like every other person who's a high-stakes pro has a site, uh, and now people are just stepping on each other's toes to get ahead. I would like your take on both those things. Uh, and then the other one was from Drew Paris saying, each training site kind of caters to different core of technique, GTO, exploitatives, more solver work, uh, more macro, more micro. Uh, so let's go with the first one, which is a little bit of a more spicy take. There's too many training sites uh everyone's stepping on each other's toes to get ahead
2: i think that like a lot of people that are starting training sites like there's a lot of successful poker players that want to talk about how they think about the game right yeah like like that's kind of why it starts in the
0: first place i also think that like not every training site is out to take you know 60 percent market share and try to like overthrow the upswings or the the run-at-ones of the world Right. right So, like, it does make a little bit more sense to be niche and cater to very specific pockets of, yeah. of the, the poker community. Um,
2: At the end of the day, people are going to make their own decision on what they want to learn from anyways,
0: right? Yeah, I think that's true. I also think that, like, we have a lot of evolution to still take place in this space. Like, yeah, yeah. it's getting a little bit more crowded, but it doesn't differentiate as much as you think it does, right? Like, if we look across the board, almost everybody is coming from a theoretical uh foundation with maybe the exception of like the super super utmost basic uh learning platforms, right? Where literally they're just teaching you uh you know what beats what and uh you know what a good hand is, what a bad right. That stuff probably has way less value than uh any dollar amount. Like you can definitely learn that shit for free, be it through reps at the table or uh just like, you know, paying close attention to other platforms that are bigger that are willing to just give that away for nothing yeah uh, so yeah that type of information doesn't necessarily need to be paid for I don't believe but I think that like you know just like any other true market you'll have winners and losers uh, it, it can't stay crowded forever the the stepping on people's toes or uh, shot taking at one another it'll be an effective short-term uh, method of gaining clout. Yeah, of, it's like just like a marketing job. Yeah, it, it's a good way to get the spotlight turned on you. It's a good way to have other competitors talk about you like, like we are right now. Yeah, But in the big picture, um, your product has to speak, number one, and then number two, people have to gravitate towards you and want to see you grow and succeed. Yeah, And that's not always the best strategy if you're worried about the latter, mm-hmm. right? So there's probably a lot of people that DTO is too complex for that maybe turned off that otherwise would have thrown some money at it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they, they don't like the fact that their favorite coach was thrown under the bus.
2: Yeah,
1: for sure. Talking about throwing under the bus, there was more beef
2: <laughs> going on this week. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there was, there was more beef. So, Ginge, who I became some, more, some sort of like a supporter of because I enjoyed his YouTube content, he ends up signing with GG. Uh, shortly after, uh, you know, very, very recently, right? And he, it seems like, had a deal going with BBZ Poker and uh, the owner of BBZ, or one of the owners of BBZ, Jordan. Jordan. Effectively, what was going down is he was tasked to create what they call a bundle or a course, and he did that. After that, he submitted his course, and Jordan reviewed it. Jordan was like, this is trash, but didn't necessarily say that to Ginge. He ends up paying Ginge uh, $5,000 and says, this is not good enough for release, but let's not necessarily uh, trash each other. Ginge gets drunk and in his drunken nature, someone asks him what happened with BBZ. And he ends up like throwing a couple jabs at them, pretty much saying like, yo, they didn't like me or whatever, but whatever. Um, Jordan makes a clip and says, I will pay $1,000 an hour for any top coach to go over your database and pretty much tell you that you're fucking trash. Um, and we didn't release your content because it was trash. You were betting 10% pot on the river in position, which is not theoretically sound. And pretty much it was just not good enough. Well, Jinge was like, can't believe you went there. I'll happily take the 1K coaching, though. And what's up? So what just happened? Did, like, that was kind of weird. Like, Landon, what if you just, like, make a course and, like, and next month, like, I just tell you it's fucking trash and go get a coach or something. Like, and then I tell all these people, like, they don't, you know, you wouldn't like that shit. Talk to me, Landon.
2: I mean, yeah, it's probably something that could have been settled privately versus publicly. Like, I don't think it helps anyone when it's public. Um, in the sense of it being public it's like okay like we're it's weird right because he does have a win rate at 500 zoom i would assume Mm -hmm. whether it's five to seven bigs is a different story and clearly it's not true because ginger said that i never claimed to have one yeah which means if he had the graph he would just post it and be like look this is the way i see the game i know he's posted
0: many graphs but uh, i don't know like holistically right like what it looks like
2: yeah and yeah it's one of those things that probably could have been settled privately um i'm not too sure um i guess it looks kind of good for bbz in the sense of like they do like quality control over the products that they do put out and i guess jordan as a high stakes winner mm-hmm. deems it to be not worth putting on the site so like that's good for them in that sense that like does not just accepting content from someone that claims to be winning and then puts it on their site and like pr- approves it yeah but I have one piece I want to add.
1: So, and this this is a question mainly goes towards Berkey, right? So, one of the pieces was Jinj claimed to win 1.2 million in Macau, right? Mm-hmm. And Jordan pretty much takes shots at that and says like, "Oh, I have no way of proving that, but like, whatever." That kind of that kind of sucks, right? Like, because especially let's say Berkey, like you've won money live live cash games, right? And if people just always discredit your live cash game winnings, like, what does that leave? Like, are we only going to take coaching from people that play online like what happens like when largely it's yeah. just discrediting Jinch. yeah i mean winning, lar-
0: largely like know? uh the online guys just win that war there's, there's yeah. nothing that we can do to really say otherwise like i have multiple millions in in cash game winnings but like there's nothing i can do to affirm that other than have you pulled the people in my game or, mm-hmm. or like speak to previous backers
2: or like make a graph on like use like a bankroll tracking software i I mean people don't carry their way like people don't care well also the, they could just be fabricated yeah of course it's nowhere near the same but the, it's the same thing online though to be honest like it's very easy to purge hands from a database yeah, yeah that's true like, it's very it's, easy well to it's
0: easier now it, it didn't used to be in the past
2: so that's right. why it's kind of the gold standard but either way it's still possible to to mix up some numbers sure. and say like oh like this is my graph from 2021 and just remove march when you want a 50 yeah. ounce downswing.
0: Yeah, swing. yeah, of course. Of course. Uh yeah, I I think that that is a big problem in this community. Uh and why perhaps some of these beefs do begin is there isn't really a way to affirm. At least like uh,
2: Sharkscope does work cuz Sharkscope tracks like 99.9% of tournaments. So like for tournaments like it's a pretty good representation. But like if we look at the market though,
0: MTT coaching is like the the lowest uh or or like the least saturated
2: yeah i just mean in the sense of like for online cash like it's going to be harder to to like prove that but i guess you can kind of tell by the way someone thinks about the game and that's kind of what what jordan did with this Ginge thing yeah i
0: mean it's also it's also true live like uh you know my hand and mob is like 4.2 and people were convinced that my buy-ins like supersede that by 2x yeah when my actual It's very hard to do that my buy-ins i've i i've been tracking everything since 2003 my actual buy-ins are something in the neighborhood of like 1.7 million. Yeah. Which is even more than I thought it would be. But I did play, you know, two high rollers. Yeah. Uh, two super high rollers. Um, but, you know, in any event, uh, asking for receipts is very reasonable. But you have to remember that Jordan reached out to Ginge to begin with. So he right. obviously was impressed either by his cre- content creation or, uh, you know, the fact that he was being... His perspective the of the yeah. game, yeah. Um, yeah, I just... Well, la- you said,
1: he said it was the fan base. That's because fine Ginge too. Does have a loyal, a loyal, loyal following?
0: Yeah, that's fine too. So yeah, you know he's sure. trying to leverage a, a platform, whatever the case may be. I think everything is fine up until it went public, and yeah, just as best I can probably. tell, you know they squashed everything. You know the the only thing that seems like it was out of line is that like maybe uh, either Ginge shouldn't have tweeted that when he was drinking, or more specifically, it was probably a good spot for Jordan to just like kind of turn the other cheek, so to speak. Because uh, I don't think Ginger's tweet was super inflammatory. I, I think it was just yeah. something along the lines of like they don't like the way I play or they didn't like what I had to say or so. You know, basically kind of like using BBZ as a scapegoat for sure. But also like when you're, you know, the company is bigger than uh, one man in this particular instance. So like as the face of the company, you're kind of just expected to hold your head high, take a little bit of guff from somebody that you know privately you've already uh kind of parted ways amicably with and just leave mm-hmm. it at that but they got back there yeah. anyway it seems like
1: yeah I, I think i think you know i'm a fan of both of the parties like i think ape styles uh is fantastic tournament player and he works for bbz and oh i i'm not sure if he owns a piece of the company but he's definitely in their team. Mm-hmm. And I think Jinj, I've seen a lot of his YouTube videos. I think he plays well. I think he does do things that are unorthodox. I've seen plenty of spots where he's in position and bets less than half pot on the river closing action, which is theoretically not good, but he does make people do weird shit like yeah. they call or raise with hands that they're not supposed to um, and things like that. So it seems like he maybe has an exploitative pulse that is hard to teach and maybe, you know, Jordan just didn't really want that or maybe wasn't explained thoroughly enough. Like, there's a lot of things we didn't get to see the video, so it's hard to know. Uh, but I am a fan of both parties, and I mean, I'm curious to see the future for Jinj. You know, now he's a high... You know, he's always been a high-stakes player, uh, and now he's part of GG, so let's see what happens. Yeah, I think both of these feuds or conversations
0: or whatever you want to frame them as are uh, largely rooted in the better... Let's say it this way. The person who has the upper hand from a theoretical sense uh, wanting the the world to only look through their lens, right? And that's why I said, like, if we really were able to just get to a point where we can all kind of admit that we don't know very much about this game. Granted, there are people who know significantly more than others. Yeah. Dom and Jordan being two of them. Um, but in the grand scheme of things... For what the perfect solutions are, we barely have a glimpse, right? We, we just barely have uh, any vision whatsoever over the complexity of this game. So it's like, you know, yeah, maybe is doing things that aren't theoretically sound compared to what we know now, but perhaps there are, uh, you know, branches to the tree that we haven't quite yet discovered, or they're low frequency plays, or you know, whatever, uh, I think... Or even if, like, you're Especially saying... Especially if they're highlight
2: clips, too, right? Yeah,
0: or even just like Chin's saying, if they actually cause errors because yeah. people, like, this may be bad, but the response is worse right. kind of thing. yeah yeah. Uh, there, there's just, like, a lot of lenses to see this game through. It's very difficult if you try to fit everything into one box to right. ever find common ground with other people that don't think the way you think.
2: Because that's more than a course. That's, like, a strategy implementation sort of thing. Yeah. Right? Now, like, to be
0: fair, I don't think that... It, I don't think like you can transpose that onto other people. Yeah. Right. Like, there's a lot of things that I do that I think work well for me, but largely it's bi- because it's for you, yeah. it's my image. Yeah. Right. It's like I'm playing off of a preconceived notion that warps the way people see my ranges and see my bet sizes and see these other things. Yeah. So I accumulate some extra EV there that I can't just teach to a random two five person because they don't have that same benefit.
2: Right. It's then it's going to be different for everyone in poker, anyways. Like everyone's always going to have different impressions of other people right especially in live right like if you see someone over like an an older person like putting a bunch of money on the river like you probably just expect them to have value way too much right yeah. and if you see someone that's like a lot younger and like whatever like has long hair and a backwards hat like you think they're over bluffing like and that's like in the spot like i've played like there's always going to be that sort of thing where that just goes into this str- like strategical portion of how you construct your overall game and some of that stuff's not really teachable because you're operating through your own lens.
0: Well, the big thing that we don't deal enough with from the, the teaching element, when we look across the board at all of the, the trainers that are out there, yeah, where they all lack vision is how to cope with bounded ranges. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of the clientele that are purchasing um, training from anyone are playing in environments where ranges are bounded quite frequently, as sim- mm. like simply three-bet ranges, are bounded. Yeah. Right? You'll just see a lot of game types where 3 bets are literally just like jacks plus eight. Well,
2: yeah, fans. like I like I told you like when I play like these live tournaments sometimes like when someone 3 bets me I consider it a 4 bet range and when they 4 bet me you consider it a 5 bet range. Right. Like it's just not what you expect it to be right. and by expected I just mean in theory versus what's happening in right. practice. Like it, it's
0: yeah, and I don't even want to say it's too tight because that's obvious, but like uh more specifically it's just bounded. It just lacks that it lacks that, the bottom port, lower yeah. equity portion of the range and that extrapolates out the post right right they take aggression on flop or on turn or on river and it's just like they are devoid of the low equity of board coverage yeah yeah and and when that occurs the gto response is meaningless
2: yeah because that's going it's going to change right like you if you put like if i put ranges into pio and i put a range that's only like aces kings queens you're gonna have to find a way to like bluff with all of them somehow Mm -hmm. you know like there's gonna be some spots where like you don't have enough combos in your range, so you're gonna have to start doing or a lot of weird like shit. Infinite like,
0: checking, because right? Because all you care about is realization.
2: Yeah, like yeah. the op, the output's gonna change, when you don't have like the the bottom portion of having six five suited, seven six suited, ace four off. Right, like that, that's kind of offs. what I'm getting at. It's
0: like right. once an overfold occurs, the range becomes more and more bounded from every street. Right. At that point on. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, you know, uh, I think that that's that's the unfair, undiscussed portion of the Dom Razor Edge fight. It's the unfair, undiscussed portion of, you know, Jordan versus Ginge. Yeah. Uh, I think that a lot of people were just helped whenever they are given the the framework of, okay, and granted, it's a, it's a tall order, right? To teach baseline first and then teach to the environment. Yeah. But it's one that we have to tackle. Mm-hmm. If we're going to be in this instructional space and we're going to claim that we are authorities in any way, shape, or form, Yeah, you have to cover the whole spectrum. You can't just... You can't be lazy and just say like, I found optimal solutions for environments that choose to play optimally. Yeah. Or, or try to come as close as possible, right? Yeah. You have to say like, okay, I found these optimal solutions and now I know where to begin. Right. We're literally just beginning our study with that.
2: Like it'd be really cool if something like DTO had an option of where it's like, let's say like you can put like an assumptive based thing of they're over bluffing 10% mm-hmm. and then see how your frequency changes on the overall spectrum. Yeah. Right. And I think Nick's,
0: Uh, detox does a great job of this yeah right he's just able to find so many different areas where ranges become bounded one way or the other right right either way too bluff heavy and just lack value or way too value heavy and just lack bluffs yeah and the entire the entirety of like the genius in the simplicity here is we're just simply looking for imbalances that are so
2: yeah it's like when they do some dumb stuff we're gonna take advantage of it yeah Yeah.
0: we just find ways to win based on the perfect response
2: and like you can tell in live environments too like when people run bluffs of some capacity or make some calls that in theory are sound but look insane Mm -hmm. because they're out of the natural perspective of how the game looks right you could tell who has their head on a swivel like is this guy insane Yeah, yeah and who sits there and is like yeah like this, may, this has merit. Right. And you can kind of come to your own conclusions on whether that guy's bluffing or not. Yeah. Like that's, the people that's that are the, observing. That's
0: the like. uh, the hidden information of live poker.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. I do want to close out the podcast with a couple of insights, Landon, on your preparation for your match with Bill Perkins. So yeah. to remind people, you're going to be playing 200, 400 for. 20,000 hands heads up no limit holdem. You're laying Bill 9 big blinds per 100. I believe that's 720,000 if I'm not mistaken. That's some uh, numbers right there. Uh so you're we're effectively handing Bill 720,000 and saying, "Please sit with us."
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for
1: this amount of hands. Mm-hmm. And tell tell the people a little bit of like what is your what is your preparation routine look like without giving away, you know, the secret sauce?
2: Sure. I mean, I've just been playing a lot been working with a lot of friends of mine that um I highly respect and have just been putting a lot of volume and then starting from there and uh, kind of just running a bunch of sims, kind of seeing what things look like in theory and just kind of getting better every day, putting in a bunch of hands and then, uh yeah, it's been a lot of fun actually learning heads up and it's a game type that I definitely want to improve at um just for my own purposes of the game and also like being able to hold lobbies is something that's really important when you start playing higher stakes online just because like, if you're open sitting lobbies, when games do happen to fill up for other games, like Six Max and stuff, you're going to be able to have a seat. Otherwise, like if you're trying to like, like lobby hunt and try to click a seat, like you might not be able to get action mm-hmm. because you're going to be on, this, on the wait list because you're not in the game. So if you're open sitting mm-hmm. and you can play anyone heads up, there's a lot of EV to be had in that. Do you feel prepared to the point where if you had to play tomorrow, you'd be good? I think I would because I think a lot of the potential upside would be towards seeing how he reacts Mm -hmm. like there's going to be i think that's part of the nine big blind for 100 spot is like everyone's in balance in some way and being able to take advantage of that is going to help me on the the grand scheme of things and like i don't want to get too much into it obviously but it's one of those things where like i think my win rate increases the longer the match goes
0: that's reasonable like
2: that's well that's the assumption that i'm working on
0: yeah i mean that, that that can be true to a degree there has to be an apex, if you will, I would an assume, apex predator. Right? There, there has to be a point of diminishing returns where eventually, like he is able to readjust. Yeah, and now it's just a matter of it. does he?
2: Right. It's a matter it of also imp- a matter
0: of how many hands does that actually take?
2: Right. It might. It might take nineteen thousand hands. It might take hundred. Might, might take a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's just kind of under the impression of like no one, neither he nor I knows what the win rate is for mm-hmm. either of us in this in this case. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of playing a guessing game of who's going to work hard and who's going to be able to implement when time comes and make in-game decisions and in-game adjustments further down the line and kind of seeing where we stand from that. Yeah. And that's kind of what poker is, right? You just kind of say that you have some sort of edge somewhere and then you just put your money where your mouth is and you see what happens. Yeah. And like either way, like, sorry, like with heads up variants, like it's also one of those things where like my win rate could be lower than I think it is. And I'm running at a, a win rate that's, Twice as high, maybe even with a certain amount of sample, right? Maybe even three times as. I far. like
0: how you dip into the optimism rather than going the other way where.
2: Well, I mean, you can also say like I could also be winning at like twenty bigs per hundred. Yeah. In theory, but be running at negative thirty. Yeah. And I just get waxed for the first five thousand hands. Yeah. And it looks like I'm awful. Right. And that's the risk I have to take too. Yeah. And that's kind of part of like understanding like how much money that my side is going to be putting on this thing Mm -hmm. and then how much seems to be an effective number to where like okay if this thing happens like danger zone like i guess like mission failed we'll get him next time yeah yeah. kind of thing is going to happen or like it could just like be where i'm winning 20 big blinds and i'm winning like 60 and you just win every all-in and you win every card distribution spot like you set or reset them every time and Mm -hmm. you win every three or four bet pot, like they just always have bet bet folds or call call folds and that could happen one way or the other, and that's just the natural volatility of heads up no limit. Sure,
1: Landon, tell the people when it's going to start, uh, what kind of content they should be expecting uh, around it. Uh, I've heard rumors of some some sites, but give a little give a little insight.
2: Um, so I'm not entirely sure what I'm doing content wise out of all of it, in the sense of like preparation and like the people that I'm working with don't necessarily want to talk about some of the things that we're doing. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think that when all is said and done, um, there's, there'll be something along the lines of the way I see some spots in the match, the way I prepared for the match overall and what that necessarily looked like. And I guess I'm going to have to talk about that more with the people I'm working with just in the matter of what is actually, what they feel comfortable with talking about. Cause mm-hmm. it's not just a me thing, but yeah, I mean, it's just something where some content in some capacity could end up coming out. It just depends on having those conversations and what is going to be allowed per se sure
1: if you get to a million dollar lead are you going to stream with like your cards covered um with the cat jam going or or i mean i probably
2: have like a financial responsibility not to i'm sure we can kind of get to that point when we get there but some hope i think bill and i said that we might stream a couple times just to kind of depending on what's going on it is gonna start June first, like I did. We up had a conversation that it's gonna start the week of June first, and uh, hopefully get that get the ball rolling there, and then sort of see what happens in the terms of like we're still figuring out like rules and terms and buyout clauses if need be. Like maybe we take every five thousand hands, someone can say yeah. like, okay, I guess I'm out, yeah, and yeah. then figure that figure all that stuff out. But tentatively, like we are locked into play the first few hands in the week of June first. What website? I think we're playing on ACR. I think we're working out terms with ACR. So, yeah, should be there. All right. Well, ACR may or
1: may not be sponsoring the stream that Landon will be on. Maybe solve for why ACR partnership. We'll see what's going on. Uh, see what we can do with my man Phil Nagy. You know, we need, you know, I don't know. I don't know how long the Google discussions are going to continue.
2: <laughs> the back and forth but- is really, uh, it's head shaking. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, it's a it's a
1: tough job, and I've been in this fucking building now, kicking everyone for out three three months, <laughs> talking with the Google people. It's, it's it's you guys don't understand. You think your signing was like a big deal? Like wait till you see this million dollars coming through the door in a couple <laughs> weeks. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed. Welcome, Landon, to the Solve for Y team. Of course, it is myself, Landon Tice, Matt, Big Bet, Berkey, the Alpha, Reg, Apex Predator. He's going to have to fight it out with Phil Hummuth. We'll Someone see else is going to
2: have to be the Apex Predator, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I hope to see you all next week. I am on my way to Mexico, Playa del Carmen. <laughs> I am excited. I will not leave the show. I will be here. <laughs> I, I will exit the Google building. To go to the Mexico Google building. To go to the Mexico Google. You are learning quick, man. I'm glad we brought you on. <laughs> yeah. With that said...